This episode of Geeks Crossing is brought to you by today's sponsor, Anchor. Ever wanted to start a podcast but can't find the right platform to work with? Don't worry, Anchor has you covered. Anchor is a free audio app that allows you to record a podcast on any device no matter where you are. Anchor includes an editing feature that allows you to customize your podcast, whether it be on your computer or mobile device, so you can easily omit any errors or unnecessary parts. Anchor also allows you to distribute your podcast to other platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or even Google Podcasts, which is amazing. Did I mention the part about making money? No? Well, you could be earning money every time someone listens to your podcast with no minimum listenership. If that's not the easiest way to make a podcast, I don't know what is. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. When it comes to making video games, not every idea that game developers have gets implemented in time. This, my friends, is called removed content. As a gamer, I always find myself looking at data mined videos or reading fan pages that explain any content that has not been utilized because I'm very curious to know about the production cycle of each respected game I play, and Kingdom Hearts is no exception. It may not sound like it, but the Kingdom Hearts series has a lot of removed content within the many titles they release, so much so that it'd be impossible for me to cover everything in one episode, but I'm going to try, hence why this episode exists. I'll be going over the removed content throughout the KH series as a little history lesson, so to speak. I know, Matt's the real history expert. Shout out to Matt. Love you, buddy. Anyway, since there's a lot to talk about, I'm primarily going to focus on the ones that are going to sound the most interesting, as not every piece of removed content is vital, but if I miss something that does sound interesting, you can always tell me in the Discord server. However, the following games I won't be covering are Melody of Memory and Unchained Key. As of the making of this episode, there hasn't been any unused content found within MOM, which is sad because the game has been out for a few months, so you would think Datamires would have found something by now. As for Unchained Key, believe it or not, that game is still getting updates. Yes, to this day, the mobile game is still getting updates. Come on, Square, please end this shit already. Sorry, I went a little bit on a tangent there. What are you going to do? With that said, what kind of ideas does Square have for each respected game before they were finished? Let's find out. I'm Eric from Geeks Crossing, and this is the removed content within the Kingdom Hearts series. Let's start with the first game, since there's a lot to go over. At the very beginning of development, Disney and Square Enix debated on who the main protagonist should be. Disney chose Donald Duck, while Square chose Mickey Mouse and to be accompanied by Donald and Goofy. However, game director Tessio Nomura felt neither idea would work and instead wanted an original character to represent the series, which is why Sora was created. In concept art, Sora was meant to be a half-human slash lion hybrid while wielding a chainsaw-like weapon. Obviously, Disney thought the chainsaw would be too violent, so they changed it to the Keyblade, and Sora's design completely changed to a regular human, while wearing white gloves, red pants, and yellow shoes, all inspired by Mickey Mouse. Speaking of Mickey, he was mentioned throughout the game, but was noticeably absent until the game's climax. This is because Square had to wait a long time for Disney's approval to include him in the game, but by the time they gave consent, the game was nearly completed, so they can only include him in the climax in his traditional clothing, rather than give him new clothing from the series. Also, Disney wanted the story to be more like their films, full of whimsical and childlike shit. Instead, Nomura decided to go with an edgy and darker tone to appeal towards Final Fantasy fans, and thank God for that. Because if it was more like a Disney film, the series would have been boring as hell when you think about it. The Bahamut, which is a summon from the Final Fantasy series, was meant to be a summon in the first game, though it was removed for unknown reasons. With cheat codes, players can find a Bahamut summon option, but since there's no model or any sort of trace aside from the option, the game will crash upon Chosen. In a folder square presented to Buena Vesta lies concept art for an Alice station during the Dive to the Heart section. It's unknown why this station ever made it, 
but was replaced with a ping station which presumably includes silhouettes of Alice, Jasmine, and Kyrie. Also in the same folder is concept art for a world based off Toy Story, including alternate icons for Destiny Islands and Traverse Town. Unfortunately, Square couldn't get the rights to Toy Story at the time due to Pixar and Disney being their own separate companies. Of course, as we know, a Toy Story world finally made its way into Kingdom Hearts 3 under the name Toy Box. In early development, Square planned on making a world based off the Jungle Book, but it was quickly dropped because the world would be too similar to Deep Jungle, aka the Tarzan world. Other Disney worlds that never made it were the Pride Lands, which is based off the Lion King, and a world based off Fantasia. Pride Lands never made it because of technical issues when it comes to giving Sora quadruple movement, so the most they could do was make Simba a summon. The world would later be added in Kingdom Hearts 2. As for the latter, Square couldn't figure out how Fantasia World could work out, so the only little bit of Fantasia we got were the broomsticks in Disney Castle, and the boss fights against Chernobong in the end of the world. About a decade later, there was a Fantasia World feature in Dream Drop Distance under the name Symphony of Sorcery. Speaking of Disney Castle, it was supposed to be a playable world as shown in early trailers, Sadly, the castle is only shown in cutscenes as I mentioned before in my first ever Kingdom Hearts episode. Disney Castle appears on the world map, but there's no route to access it. Again, that shit still bothers me. Even though Cheat Codes makes this world accessible, the world officially became playable in Kingdom Hearts 2. An unused area called Crumbling Island was set to appear within the end of the world. The purpose of this area was for Sora and Riku to have one last fight before facing Ansem. It's never explained why this area was removed, but I think it has something to do with the fact that Sora and Riku already had their final battle in Hall of Bastion. Or maybe Square decided we better have it in Hall of Bastion instead of End of the World. Either way, hacking the game can allow you to explore this world, but there's not much to it. One of the most frustrating enemies from the series, called the Assault Rider, was set to debut in this game. But its design didn't fit with any of the worlds featured, so instead, it was saved for Kingdom Hearts 2 as one of the hardest you face within the Land of Dragons, aka the Mulan world. Believe it or not, the beta trailer has some interesting things to point out too. For starters, the scene where Sora enters the dive into the heart. At first, it was animated using the game's graphics before being switched to CGI as part of the opening. The scene at Destiny Islands where Sora, Riku, and Kairi were talking about other worlds took place during daytime, but in the final game, it happened during sunset hours. Same thing goes for a scene where Sora and Kairi were hanging out on the dock. In Traverse Sound, Sora was shown meeting Donald Goofy in the first district. In the actual game, it happened in the third district. Funny enough, Donald and Goofy wore their regular clothing before getting new clothes later on. A couple of scenes that never made were Sora running through the 2nd district in Traverse Town and Riku being on top of Big Ben in Neverland, as well as Sora getting ready to attack Riku during the Heartless Invasion on Destiny Islands. Though now that I think about it, that scene feels like an altered version rather than a deleted scene. The Heartless was shown to be larger in size before being reduced, and whenever Sora summons Dumbo, he jumps and rides on top of the elephant, whether or not he's facing an enemy. Of course, in the game, Sora can only activate summons when enemies are around, and he'll shrink to the size of a mouse whenever he summons Stumbo. Even the way Sora unlocked keyholes was different. At the end of the trailer, Sora was shown inserting his keyblade to the keyhole in order to unlock it, but as we know, Sora shoots a beam of light to unlock keyholes. And the character models? Uh, yeah. Let's just move on to Chain of Memories. In early screenshots of the game, shows two worlds from the first game that never made it. Those being the Dive Into the Heart and Deep Jungle. It's unknown why the first world I mentioned didn't make it, but I think in later development, Square decided to make Traverse Sound the tutorial world for this game. As for Deep Jungle, Disney lost the rights to Tarzan in the early 2000s, which means Square couldn't use any sort of Tarzan material in future titles. Rest in peace, Deep Jungle, and its Keyblade the Jungle Key. Other than prototype designs for element cards, there really isn't that much left to mention. So let's move on to a more worthy sequel, which is Kingdom Hearts 2, because there's a lot to mention as well. 
Within the codes of Kingdom Hearts 2 are untextured models for two unused Keyblades called the Edge of Ultima and Detection Saber. They were prototype designs for the Ultima weapon, aka the strongest Keyblade in any Kingdom Hearts game. I guess when Square settled on a design, they scrapped both Keyblades, though you can't obtain them with cheat codes. Staying on the topic with untextured models, also in the codes are models for Woody and Buzz Lightyear from Toy Story. Apparently, these two were supposed to be summoned, but Nomura didn't have time to present the models to Disney slash Pixar, so they were scrapped. Same thing goes for Sully and Mike Wazowski from Monsters, Inc. What were the odds? We all know that Stitch from Lilo and Stitch made his debut in Kingdom Hearts suit during the Heartless War Hollow Bastion, but here's something interesting. An untextured model of Stitch's ship from the movie appears within the game's codes, implying that Stitch's ship was planned to appear in the game. Not sure why it wasn't added, but at least it appeared in Birth by Sleep at the end of Ven's visit in Deep Space, which is the world Stitch originated from. Early concept art shows Xemnas, the main antagonist, having two giant forms. One is called King, a humanoid form with a crown adorned with Nobias sigils, and Gintarus, pretty much the same thing as King except with a quadruple lower body, both in which are fused with a dark city where nobody lives. Damn it, I already made that joke! These forms never made it, but instead were replaced with the dragon form, which is also fused with Dark City, oddly enough. One of the most iconic features of Kingdom Hearts 2 Final Mix was getting to rebattle Organization 13. but did you guys know that this idea was meant to appear in the base game? Yeah, apparently Nomura wanted players to rebattle the organization at the Underdome from Olympus Coliseum, as a way of bringing back quote-unquote, dead characters. However, time constraints caused him to push this idea until the Final Mix version was made, where players can rebattle the organization as either absent silhouettes or data battles in the Cavern of Remembrance. In Kingdom Hearts 2, the command menu changes to match the style of whatever world you're visiting. The only world that didn't show this feature was Atlantica. However, hacking the game will allow players to find an Atlantica-themed command menu. This suggests that Square wanted to keep Atlantica's shitty gameplay before changing to a minigame world full of singing. You guys know I hate Atlantica with a passion, so it doesn't matter to me if this idea was good or bad. Here's a little bit of interesting trivia to all you Final Fantasy fans out there. A song that was inspired by Daughter of Main Sarai. God, I hope I said that right from Final Fantasy IX also lies within the game's codes. Don't ask me why it wasn't been used, but it would have been nice to hear that song nonetheless. The Behemoth and Wyvern, which were heartless enemies from the first game, were supposed to return as shown in the beta trailer. It's a shame that these shoots didn't make into the final game, because I know they would have made the 1000 Heartless battle a lot more intense. Speaking of the beta trailer, some scenes were either altered or never been used upon completion of the game. The removed scenes include Roxas chasing down the Nobody Thief at Tram Common within Twilight Town, Donald frees himself with Blizzard after he and Goofy woke up from their sleeping pods. And my personal favorite? The trio fighting Eo Shadows and confronting Organization 13 in the Great Crest, an area located in KH1's version of Hollow Bastion. This means that Hollow Bastion was supposed to remain the same before changing completely in the final game. Honestly, it would have been cool to see KH1 Hollow Bastion in this game, but I do love the changes they made nonetheless. Also, there was supposed to be a scene where Sora was sealing what looks like to be a keyhole in the Dark Margin, aka the Realm of Darkness. During the scene where the trio encountered Hood and Mickey in Twilight Town, Sora was shown in his KH2 attire, but in the final game, he still wears his KH1 clothes before he received his new clothes at the Mysterious Tower. Going back to Roxas real quick, what's weird is that his face was never shown throughout the trailer. It's likely that Square wanted players to wait until the game was released to know what Roxas looks like, although if you see the end credits Chain of Memories, that same is no longer relevant. Since I'm talking about Roxas, I might as well move on to 358 Days Over 2, God, that's such a stupid fucking title, it's not even funny. Okay, as much as I hate this game, 358 Days actually has some pretty interesting unused content. Most notably, a world based off Pinocchio. The world was removed due to space restrictions, 
which I think is a damn shame because including a new Disney World would make the game slightly better, and I say better very loosely. The only remains from this idea are unused talking sprites for Pinocchio, in his human form, Geppetto, as well as two of the film's villains, Anishan and Gideon. Nomura even planned for a sad episode, which includes Roxas and Shion trying to find hope for themselves, almost like how Pinocchio did. Even though an area based off Pinocchio appeared in Birth by Sleep file mix during the Monstro fight within Mirage Arena, the world itself debuted in Dream Drop Distance under the name Prankster's Paradise. Other unused talking sprites include Megra and Hades from Hercules, and for some reason Tinkerbell from Peter Pan. Why the hell did they plan for Tinkerbell to speak is beyond me. Aside from enemy changes and miscolored weapons slash battle sprites, there's nothing else that's worth mentioning. Go figure. Thankfully Birth by Sleep fixes that. Here's something that some of you might not be aware of. Birth by Sleep was originally supposed to be Kingdom Hearts 3. I know, that sounds fucking crazy, but it's true. Even the first ever trailer advertises Kingdom Hearts 3. In that trailer, it shows three armored warriors wielding the keyblades of Sora, Riku, and Mickey, implying that those three have fallen and the responsibility now falls on three new heroes. Those being Terra, Ventus, and Aqua. However, Square took a 180 and changed the story from being a sequel to a prequel title called Birth by Sleep which chronologically takes place 10 years before the first game. Fun fact, Birth by Sleep was also planned to be a PS2 title in early development, but I think the PS2 was close to being discontinued at the time, so they switched gears to the PSP. Aqua, one of the main protagonists from the game, has two beta designs, believe it or not. The first one includes her having darker blue hair slash eyes, and the second design has her trademark light blue hair slash eyes, but her back was completely exposed. They then decided to cover up the lower part of Aqua's back, which completed her official design. A Keyblade called the Lightseeker, which looks extremely identical to the Kingdom Key D, can be found within the game's codes. This Keyblade would have been used by Ven. Honestly, I would have loved this Keyblade was in the actual game. Pleakley from Lilo and Stitch was supposed to appear in Deep Space. He was removed for unknown reasons, though an untextured model of him still exists within the game's codes. Really, Square? How could you not include Pleakley? Arguably the best character besides Stitch himself! By far, the most well-known piece of removed content was a world based off the Jungle Book. The world was removed for unknown reasons, yet a couple of areas can be found through hacking, with the most completed area being King Louis' throne room. Now that I think about it, the Jungle Book world was probably dropped in favor of the returning Neverland, because after playing through Birth by Sleep and looking at the removed areas, the structure looks and feels almost identical. Or maybe I'm just overthinking things again. Still, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. Laguna Lore from Final Fantasy VIII was planned to appear in the game as the host for the Mirage Arena, However, Square reached an impasse where if Laguna appeared in this game, then he wouldn't be allowed to appear in Dissidia Final Fantasy XII. Square ultimately decided to save Laguna for that game and ruin from this game completely. As of right now, there's no data or concept art involving Laguna, so this is probably one of the ideas Square quickly abolished before any renders or artwork can be done. Just like with KH1 and 2, the beta trailer has some interesting things to point out, including altered and removed scenes. Starting with the scenes where Terra was bonding, then later protecting Ven in the Grey Mouth from Raiding Garden in Cage 2. In the final game, the first scene happened in a new area within Raiding Garden called the Outer Gardens, and Terra was shown protecting Ven in the Land of Departure. When Xehanort tells Ven about the Almighty Keyblade, it was shown occurring in Olympus Coliseum for some reason. This scene was changed to occur in the Keyblade Graveyard instead. That's much more fitting if you ask me. Terra confronting Xehanort at the Keyblade Graveyard was changed as well. Instead of taking place in the area where you fight the Lunarian Will in KH2 Final Mix, the scene happened on top of one of the stone pillars Xehanort summoned after demolishing our heroes. Some scenes that didn't make it were Terra confronting Maleficent in front of the thorns surrounding Aurora's castle in Enchanted Dominion, 
then gazing upon Prince Charming's palace in Castle of Dreams, with Cinderella in the background, and the kid versions of Sora and Riku having a sword fight on Destiny Islands, with Terra watching, and let's not forget about Ven asking Aqua to race him on Destiny Islands. Funny enough, Aqua's shadow was only shown in this trailer instead of her physical design, not even during gameplay. Speaking of which, Terra was seen fighting Unverse at the Dwarf's Cottage within Dwarf's Woodlands and the Thorn Bridge in Enchanted Dominion, while Ven was fighting them in the Palace Courtyard in Castle of Dreams. This means that all three playable characters were planning to explore every area from each world, before being reduced to selected areas in the final game. Before I continue on, I just want to point out that Coded slash Recoded is very lackluster when it comes to removed content. The only pieces of removed content that are worth mentioning are Square wanting to reuse the talking sprites from 358 Days, before changing them to full body talking sprites. And the scene where Data Sora materializing at Destiny Islands doesn't appear at all. So let's move on to Triple D. To change things up, I'm going to start with the first ever trailer to Dream Drop Distance, because there's a lot to mention. First off, Sora and Riku were meant to wear their Classic H1 clothes before receiving new clothes completely after completing the tutorial. Heartless and Nobodies were set to return as enemies, as shown when the shadows appeared, and Sora was ready to fight a Twilight Thorn in Traverse Town. These enemies will later be replaced by the Dream Eaters, with the Nightmares serving as the enemies you fight, and the spirits who act as your allies. The scene where Sora and Riku confront Xemnas and Ansem respectively in Traverse Town were never been used as well. It's likely that these scenes were altered and saved for the world that never was in the final game. Once again, the Lightseeker, or Kingdom Key D, was supposed to be an obtainable Keyblade, this time for Riku. Though this Keyblade again was scrapped, it still exists within the game's code. A few worlds in the game had cut scenarios, starting with the Grid, which is the world based off Tron Legacy. Sora was meant to visit Space Paranoids, which is the world based off the first Tron movie in Cage 2, while Riku was meant to visit the Grid. However, Space Paranoids never technically fell to darkness, so it didn't make the cut. Instead, both heroes visit the Grid. Also, Rinsler was planning to be a boss fight for Riku before it was changed to Sora's story. Honestly, that was for the better because of the bond Sora and Tron developed. As for Symphony of Sorcery, Sora was planning to explore areas based off Fantasia, while Riku was planning to explore areas based off its sequel, Fantasia 2000. This idea was dropped because Nomura explained that there was so much material they could work with the first Fantasia film, so each area from the world was based off the first film rather than its sequel. A couple of unused areas can be found within the game's codes as well, such as the front doors from Birth by Sleep's version of Radiant Garden. For the record, I don't think Radiant Garden was planned to be a sleeping world, but rather this area was used for testing purposes since this game and Birth by Sleep run on the same engine despite being released on different handheld consoles. Next, there's an area that resembles one of the floors from Castle Oblivion, with two of the doors having a giant N slash S on them respectively. Does this mean that Castle Oblivion was going to be a playable world or something? I don't fucking know. This is just one of those perplexing things that we never get answers to. Lastly, the RLS Legacy from Treasure Planet, meaning that world-based off Treasure Planet was planned to appear, but was sadly scrapped. I know this triggered a lot of people. Because chances are, when you watch a video about what worlds people want to see in Kingdom Hearts, 9 out of 10 times you're going to see Treasure Planet. Go see for yourselves if you think I'm lying. Within the codes of Triple D is a file labeled JB, which stands for the Jungle Book, implying that once again, Square wanted to put a Jungle Book world, yet it was removed before it could see the light of day. Is it me, or does the Jungle Book have the shittiest luck when it comes to appearing in Kingdom Hearts? One of the nightmares from the dive sections, Queen Butterfly, was planned to be a common enemy you fight, it's unknown why they changed it to a die boss when I think a regular boss would have been better. Some concept art shows an unused dream ear that resembles a rabbit. It's possible that this dream ear was removed because it would be too similar to Mimi Bunny. Or maybe Mimi Bunny had the better rabbit type design that they were looking for. The only other piece of removed content are unused training toys for your dream eaters. 
but they're not important. So let's move on to the one and only Kingdom Hearts 3. We all remember the first ever trailer to Kingdom Hearts 3. I mean, who doesn't? It was the one trailer that confirmed that this game actually existed after all. Well, did you guys know that the first scene wasn't actually going to appear in the game? I'm of course talking about the scene where Sora, in his cage shoe attire, was picking up the Master Keeper at the beach of Destiny Islands. Apparently, that scene was merely a concept for what the game could be about, but years later, they decided to make this scene integral to the plot, as the scene was redone in the Unreal Engine 4, and Sora was in his cage to reattire. Speaking of attire, Namor originally planned for Sora to keep his current attire from KH2 for the entirety of the game. However, the development team all voted for a change of clothes. This pretty much confirms that every new number title will be seeing Sora, Riku, Kairi, and Mickey receive new attire. So don't be surprised if you see any new clothing for Kingdom Hearts 4. In early trailers, Donald and Goofy were shown to have anime sprites whenever they were in combat. This idea was quickly dropped and shown in future trailers, but it would have been interesting if they kept this. Also in these trailers, Tram Common from Twilight Town was meant to be an area where you fight enemies. Also, the entrance to the woods was partially blocked off. In the final game, Tram Common was renamed the Marketplace, and the only time when there's any enemy fights was at the very beginning of the world's visit, along with the first boss against the demon side. For the rest of the game, it's an area infested with NPCs and no enemy encounters whatsoever. The Mysterious Tower was planned to be a playable world as shown in one trailer, but then Square got cold feet or something and decided to make this world only shown in cutscenes. Which is a damn shame because I would prefer to have this world accessible. In 2014, those who attended the Kingdom Hearts 2.5 launch event in Japan were treated to an exclusive trailer to Kingdom Hearts 3. To this day, this trailer has not been seen by the public, and I don't think we'll ever see it to be honest. So the only info we have to go on is what people had to say and artwork done by fans. In that trailer, a new world called Cable Town was revealed, and it featured a scene where Sora enters a classroom with a chess piece set by the window. This is the same chess game that's being played by young Xehanort and Ericus. Years later, Cable Town was officially revealed to the public but was renamed Scala at Kylum. However, the scene where Sora entering the classroom never made it. What's weird is that Data Myers were able to access this room and it's fully functional, yet Square decided to leave it out of the final game. Not even a remind. I'm guessing it's because Union Cross Dark Road was releasing soon, so they wanted players to learn more about this world in that game. God damn it, Square. Other unused cutscenes are found in the reveal trailer for Kingdom of Corona, aka the Tangled World. When Sora and company first encounter Rapunzel's tower, a swarm of Heartless appear right in front of them. In the actual game, no Heartless appear when the trio arrive at the tower. Also, the scene from Toy Box where Woody and the other toys meet Sora was slightly changed. This is all found in the first demo for the game, by the way. In that scene, Rex not only mistakes Sora for Yazora, but also Donald and Goofy as his sidekicks, Magia and Aegis, it's never explained why those lines were cut out, but I think it has something to do with spoilers for what the next saga has in store. And let me tell you guys, the convoluted nature of this series isn't stopping anytime soon. Back in 2017, leaks for Monsters Inc. World appeared online, which apparently originated from work being done during 2015. In those leaks, Sora's monster design consists of purple hair, orange fur, and purple stripes. When the world was officially revealed in 2018 as Monstropolis, Sora's design has been changed, now consisting of red hair, gray fur, and black stripes. However, when Sora activates power form in the game, his fur will change to purple, but his stripes will be pink instead of purple. Last but not least, unused idol sprites. Both KH3 and Remind have given players the privilege to play as other characters during boss fights, but within the game's code slides unused idol sprites for Riku, Aqua, Roxas, and Kairi, and once for Mickey, Van, Lee, Shion, and even Sora if they were party members. This implies that Square initially wanted these characters to be playable outside of boss fights, similar to the Roxas prologue in KH2. Of course, 
that never happened. Holy shit, that was a lot to take in. But I hope I did a good job of finding some interesting trivia about certain Kingdom Hearts games. And thank you to all your data miners out there for discovering these facts. You did a great job at entertaining geeks like me. <laughs> but what do you guys think? What piece of removed content sounded the most interesting to you? You can tell us by joining our Discord server. And let me know if you want to hear me cut the removed content from other franchises. And follow our Instagram page if you haven't already. Thank you all for listening, and may your hearts be your guiding keys.